Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the Mushu to my Mulan, my mom, Maria. Dishonor, dishonor on your family, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> That's the line that I always remember. That's the best line to remember. Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. And in today's episode, we will be chatting about The Honorable Ones, written by by Kevin Hopps and directed by Brad Rao. In the honorable one, Seb and Agent Callus find themselves stranded on the icy moon of Genosis after a failed Imperial ambush of the rebels. Bitter enemies, they must put aside their differences and work together in order to survive. So what did you think about the episode? I thought it was fantastic. I was awesome because this is two enemies, two opposites. You know what it reminded me of? And everyone thought of this too. Enemy mine. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought of that. But then I said, maybe I'm too old and nobody's going to know what that is. <laughs> that one was 1985. That was Well, that's movie. before you... you a year, a year before, yeah. But yeah, I remember having watched it with you. Yes. At the op- I love that yeah, movie. That was a good movie. And I, it was, I was young when I saw that movie. So to have left that kind of impression on me, it was a good movie. I always try to expose my children to good movies with good messages. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely remember a lot of stuff. Like yeah. that when I was younger. But so, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought of that, but then I said, oh, maybe nobody remembers, yeah. nobody knows. <laughs> and people, people were like, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if Zeb will come out being pregnant or something. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the whole, oh, that's yeah, the the whole, whole thing. The whole yeah. thing of that movie. Yeah. So, uh, oh, that would have been so cool. And then Agent Callus has to would raise it, the have boy. have to raise it. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, in part one, investigating intel on an Imperial construction module, the ghost crew arrives at Geonosis, looking for databanks which could provide information on what the Empire was building. It's a trap. An Imperial astromech droid watches from the shadows, locking down the doors, and Agent Callus is waiting. Chopper takes out the Imperial astromech, and the crew make a run for it, except for Zeb. He heads for an escape pod with Callus close behind. The two fight as the pod zooms past Geonosis and over to its moon, where they crash land. Callus's leg is broken, and Zeb pulls him out of the wreckage. Callus is certain the Empire will come and capture Zeb, but Zeb believes his friends will return before that happens. So there's that first shot when we come out of hyperspace and the team are going to, they have intel, they have this information about something that's being constructed out by Geonosis. Do you know what that thing is? On the-, the Death Star. Yes, it is the Death Star. <laughs> I know I'm not that ignorant. No, no, I'm not saying you're ignorant. I'm just I'm setting it up. I'm setting up the question. Oh, the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Death Star is what's being built. And what's cool about it is that Geonosis is a planet that we first saw in the prequel movies. So this is where the whole Clone Wars kicks off. Mm-hmm. Um, this is that arena where all Hello, the Jedi. Jedi. Uh, light up their lightsabers and and there's that the clones come in and whatnot. I know a lot of people say stuff about Attack of the Clones, but Attack of the Clones had a lot of cool stuff in it, and that's definitely one of my favorite things. That whole arena, the Battle of Geonosis, and and so it's cool that we're going back to that planet right now in the time of Rebels, and we find that. The Death Star has been fully is done. It's, it's it, done. It's done. Well, it's because as, it's not there. It's as done as it's gonna be. Exactly. Because in in A New Hope, that's when we find out that it's fully operational. That's where Alderaan meets its end. Yes. In season one, we saw Kanan and Hera destroy one of the Kyber crystals, mm-hmm. which probably would have been taken to Geonosis mm-hmm. to be installed. So there's nice little tie-ins back to the first season. And we find that there's no life. There is no life, right. There is no life on the planet. The Empire. And this is apparently not something known by all the ranks in the Empire. But we know that there were 
killed. Yeah, all so, of them, so that the 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 secret wouldn't come out. Exactly. And issue number four of the Vader comic book series. That's when they show Vader and this new character, Doctor Afra, and they show them on the planet Geonosis, and you see everything's dead. It's been sterilized. That's the word that they used. And yeah, and that's the first time we see that Geonosis was completely wiped out for the purpose of constructing this massive weapon. And then a little bit before that, we get Rex. Oh, oh. yes, you finally got Rex. <laughs> finally. Oh, where has he been? I mean, I, he needs to keep me updated with this stuff. <laughs> you know, you, you don't always have time. And I like that he is there because he's a clone and he's connected, connected to, the place. to that planet. So it was a nice way to bridge, bridge the two. The two. And yeah, you get the fact that he says, you know, from experience, I know that there's a lot of bugs, bugs down, down there. there. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells Chopper to scan and Chopper finds out that there's nothing. nothing. He's like, are your wires are your wires crossed or something like that? <laughs> and he tells him to, to scan again. So he, he he was giving Chopper a lot of orders. orders. Yeah, but Chopper was being like, yeah, right. OK, keep it, keep it going. <laughs> I know, right? And then later on, I'll shock you if you yeah, keep adding. <laughs> and then Ezra senses that they're all dead. So I like that fact that we're still getting that little, you know, those little bits and bits, pieces. Bits of Ezra's uh, sensing things yeah. and feeling the force around him. And that's pretty cool because he's up in that ship and he's able to sense that. And then the next part is when they're, they walk into this what's been left over by the empire turns out that it was just a trap the whole this whole time yes and callous callous i have a feeling that callous may have fed the rebels some information yeah because he had mentioned later on that there's uh, informers and and people People that 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 come in you know that they convince yeah exactly so maybe that way they were able to find out what the rebels were up to and then uh, leak information but but i just i just love the fact that that he's still at this point he's still a show off you know he's still like i'm more powerful than you i'm in the right and you're in the wrong yeah yeah you know that type of attitude and in that sense uh, because a lot of people and we'll touch on it later because it's one of the fan questions that we have a lot of people thought that as good as this episode was they thought that callus's character was inconsistent he wasn't what you would have expected for him to be given what we've seen of him so far he started being what we've seen so far very pompous and and egocentric and I know everything and you know nothing and I have I'm more powerful than you and I'm gonna get you and that's exactly how it starts yeah and and I didn't really see it as an inconsistent but we'll get into that a bit more and actually this isn't the first time they faced off they faced off in season one yes when uh, that was actually one of the first episodes we saw that duel between them and and yeah there you get the impression that oh my god this guy is psycho yeah because he was actually smiling and laughing so to me that was more of him being power hungry yeah he you see he's the type of persona that he has some power right because he has it he has a position but he likes to make it and flaunt it and and put it out there for more than what really is. Than what it really is, exactly. And then he recently got that promotion. Mm-hmm. So now he has an even bigger ego, a bigger head. A bigger head. So, you know, Which he... that little body is not going to be able to carry <laughs> long, for long. So yeah, he projects himself yes. in, a, in a way that it's not really him. It's just to hold up the, the, uh, the standards. A, of, there's a lot of people out there oh like, my gosh, that like that. Oh my gosh, so many people people who are like that yeah, they, they, and, and it stems from their insecurities yes and as we are Come going to, look, to, to yeah. see later he is insecure yeah and, and it, a big time and, yeah and that's why it is like that we compensate for our shortcomings and i love that yeah there are moments where you actually see his fear yeah He's actually scared. <laughs> and this guy has so far come across as someone who's not scared, who's in control, who knows what he's doing. So in that way, I, I thought it was brilliant what they did with him. We also saw him, I, you haven't been reading them, but there's a little kids magazine. And then they had published Star Wars Rebels comics. Mm-hmm. 
the author for most of them is Martin Fisher, who I had the pleasure of interviewing once. And one of my favorite comics is actually where we see Callus and Zeb face off again. And it was because Callus had poisoned the people of Tarkin Town. He gave them food that had been poisoned. And Zeb had a little friend there and he needed to find the antidote to save these people. And in the process, he ends up facing Callus. So again, you see him being, you know, this evil mastermind because he believes the Empire is good. He believes he's doing good. Even though it comes across as, you know, like a mustache twirling kind of villain. He is like many other Imperials who think that what they're doing that their cause is just is for the betterment of the galaxy. Yeah, that there's people out there that think that control over others, that controlling other people's ways of living, of thinking, of being somehow serves for the betterment of the society. Yeah. And these are the people that unfortunately once they get to a position of power, they're gonna try to impose their own views and their own ideas mm-hmm. on others and on those below them. Callus is one of these people, as many others. And, and unfortunately, that's not the way. Yeah, yeah. You cannot have what you want by imposing on others and making others give it to you or be being the way you want them to be. Exactly. And actually, the last time we saw Callus was in Legends of the Lasat. Where, where he was following them to the... Um, the anomaly. The, the, yeah. Um, vast space that nobody knows. Exactly. The wild, the wild space. space. Yeah. I got the impression that he thought they were going to get crushed, crushed by this thing. Like every, like the, the TIE fighters that were going after them. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, man, this guy thinks that they're dead. <laughs> How does he know that they're alive? So I guess, it's, again, it's... He probably saw them go in and, and travel without right. being destroyed. And it's also maybe... Um, you know, people talk. They see these rebels, that information spreads, and that's how he's able to, you know, use that information against them. This fight breaks out between the stormtroopers, Callus, and the and the crew. And, and, and Rex Chopper. tells Chopper to, to deal with that droid. <laughs> and Chopper deals with it. Yeah. I, I didn't know he had that one little wheelie thing. Yeah, he had a little that wheelie. That was awesome. <laughs> he just zoomed through the whole place and went straight to the droid and crashed the droid and electrify him and throw him to the floor. <laughs> now, I love first that he comes in screaming. screaming. <laughs> like, it's like his it's war like cry. Part, like, it's like part of the whole technique. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna get y'all. <laughs> and then he ends up, he does this little karate chop thing movement. Electrifies the thing and throws him backwards. <laughs> and then Ezra who tells him, Finish it. Yeah, I love that Ezra was supporting him and telling him, come on, Chop, you can do it, Chop. (laughs) And in the process of escaping, Ezra is the first one to think of Zeb. He, you know, he holds his hand out. He's like, Zeb. That's his buddy. Yeah, it's his buddy. It's his pal. And then uh, he's also the one to contact him when he's on top of the ghost. He contacts Zeb and he's like, where are you? He's also the first one to notice the escape pod. So I like that his constant attention is on Zeb and where Zeb is because he's not there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he would have done it for Kanan and he would have done it for Hera. He would have done it for Sabine. So it's one of those little subtle ways of showing that he's really attached to his, to crew. his crew. To what extent? I don't know. Because can you imagine if they had to actually leave because they couldn't find Zeb or the resistance came and, and they couldn't hold them off. So Ezra, how would it affect him? Yeah, how, how would it have affected him? How would he even cope? So it makes you wonder what what that other alternate universe would have been like. We will never know. No, actually, we might know. We, we might we, find we, out. We might find out. <laughs> and, it is part of his evolution. Yeah, yeah. And I love that Rex looked so calm while shooting the walkers. Yeah, like... <laughs> it was like a, is, the, the, a walk in the park. This, yeah, this is something normal. <laughs> this this happens every day. And I don't know why you people are worried. I know, right? <laughs> he had no signs of being, 
you know, concerned or scared or anything. <laughs> and then Zeb ends up taking the escape pod. And of course, Callus is, right, is there. right behind him. Because he does, he has it for Zeb. Yeah, yeah. Why is it? What? Because I, I think. Is it because of the, what, the story he says? Yes. In, in the beginning, when they face each other, Callus mm-hmm. tells him that he's the one that gave the order. In the beginning, you mean yeah. in season uh-huh. one? Yeah, yeah. To eradicate his people. People. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, it's like this is enemy number one right, for right. Seb. And, and I think he doesn't. To goad him. To goad him. Yeah. To get the, the worst out of him. And I don't think it's because of evil or, or uh, with a bad meaning behind I, it. It's, it's more like. I'm the better warrior, yeah, and I want to show it, yeah. And, and, and the only way I want to, sh- I'm gonna be able to show I'm the better warrior if if you attack me and I overpower you, yeah. And that's sort of connected to how he got his bow rifle. rifle because he fought this Lasat honor guard member and he overpowered him. He was given the weapon of that guard, and but he doesn't tell this story. At that point, no, no, no. Uh, but I'm saying, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're showing the example of him trying to be the better warrior, warrior. and it's because of that situation, situation that he had that he was actually the better warrior. He killed that that Lasa. So it's like he needs to prove it all exactly. the time. Exactly. So he needs to stay on top, and because he saw this formidable warrior, Zeb is a formidable guy. He has uh, to live up to what he had earned. Yes. But I love that Callus went in and he like basically turned him around. I'm like, Callus, that's not what you do. You punch him in the back. <laughs> Callus, what are you doing turning him around so he, that he faces because, you? Because he has Again, to. yeah. Oh, nobody. Uh, this is a, that's a good point. You don't attack someone from the back. back. That's not honorable. Oh. No, and you always have you to don't face show yeah. your your power and your superiority by cheating your way. So true. And yeah. hitting him in the back will be cheating. It would be cheating. Yeah. So. And then Zed does the same thing later on, where the he has a broken leg and he's like, "I'll wait until you to heal, kill. so, so it, can, it can be a fair fight." Fair fight. Yeah. Fair and square. So so yeah, that's I love that the episode is called the honorable ones because as as bad as Callus is, as bad as bad as his actions are. Actually, Actually, I mean, the guy is following orders. And yeah, sometimes he takes pleasure in that. But again, it's for the betterment of the galaxy. He's he who and I told my friend this, who doesn't feel giddy when you're doing something right that you think is right? Right. You know, you feel giddy. You're like, oh, my God, I'm doing something the right, you know. So that's Callus, even though his actions are bad. Oh man, he's such a complex character, character. And I love that about him. And I love that when they're crash landing, when they're in the pod, you get to see that beautiful view of Geonosis from the from the icy, icy planet. planet. Oh man, that's so gorgeous, the whole landscape. And then Ezra <laughs> Ezra's like, Did you scan for Zeb? Did you find t- to see where his traje- trajectory, trajectory went? And, <laughs> and, and Chopper is like uh, no, no, because why do we want None him back? back. <laughs> do you want him back? Yeah. And he's like, yes, yeah, Slimo. He called him Slimo. <laughs> and that was a term that Ahsoka, I know he used it once before, but Ahsoka used it a lot in Star Wars The Clone Wars. So it's funny to hear her having used it and him using it now. Oh, and there was that moment actually before they crash landed where they both look at each other and they're like, Crap. Crap. Yeah, you know, we're so like screwed. Not good. Not good. And now, you know, obviously they're stuck together, and Zeb pulls Callus out of the wreckage and he tells him, like we have mentioned before, that this isn't the way I could crush, I could easily kill you right now, but that's not the way to do it. And poor Callus, he actually screamed a lot in this Oh, episode. yes. He is not used to pain. No. He is not used to pain. No. And this goes to show his his insecurities, his, his character. He wants to project more of what he's not because he, don't, he doesn't want people to know who he is. No, yeah. So... Uh, he screamed like a baby. He did. He did. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I love 
man, David Oyelowo, who who voices the character, oh my, his voice. Someone described it, and I I should have gotten the tweet, and I forgot. But they described it as oh, it was Hope. Hope had described it as buttery cupcakes. I I don't know, it was something sweet, and it was like the equivalent to his voice because <laughs> he just has such an amazing voice. It's so dreamy. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> no, mommy, no. <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, like dreamy voice. Oh, I don't know that dreamy voice. <laughs> I, 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 that's how a, a dream voice I will sound no, in my dream, in my head. Dreamy, as in like the sound of it. Not. <laughs> I don't know. You're too complicated, Jonah. <laughs> And I like that the Genesis moon is icy, icy while the planet is a desert. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> I love such a contrast, and uh, it makes you wonder how that works science-wise. But again, we must not use science. Science and Star Wars don't go together. <laughs> I guess they could because Jupiter is like a gassy planet, and one of its moons is an ice planet. Is an ice moon? I mean, so it could work. <laughs> Well, how you get a desert oh, I don't on know. one side and then the moon, uh, an icy moon on the other, you know? Uh, so. it, it happens. Because <laughs> I, I, I could understand. Uh, well, I mean, Mars is almost like a desert-like planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's not get too, too much into it. And Callus is so sure that the Empire will be there. There, there. Like the, your friends fled, they left you. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm so sure so that my, my people, people will come. Yeah, exactly. Again, he feels like the empire is this almighty thing, and he is a servant of that, and he is doing their bidding. He is doing what he thinks it's is right. Oh, and another thing that proves that is that he says to Zeb you'll get a trial. The fact that he says that makes me think that he believes in the system, that there is some f- sort of trial. That's that's why he's there. He he does believe that he's doing good, that he's doing the right thing. Right. And then there was a book, there was a novel that came out. It's called Lost Stars. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Ma, I think you should read it. Okay. <laughs> the book is like this thick. Okay. One more thing for me to do. I, I still have to watch the the, the Clone Wars yeah, you for do Sal. Have to, you have to watch Clone Wars. You have to read the rest oh, of because Kanan. Because Sal is starting to think that I don't <laughs> like him or something. And that's not true. So, yeah. So, you have to. So many things to do. You have do. to read this novel because it, it's amazing. It takes the whole original trilogy. And then it incorporates these new characters. And you see the events that are happening in the movies from a different perspective. And it's primarily from the perspective of the Empire. So you have people who are in the Empire thinking that they're doing good, like this one main character, and this other character who sees some form of slavery... And he's like, whoa, what did I sign up for? So for Callus, what's a good point for you to start questioning it? You know, what are your limits? Tarkin is a good example of an evil bad guy. He is evil. He's never going to question what he's doing. Oh, no. Uh, Whereas Callus, especially towards the end of the episode, you see him start to wonder where am I in all of this? Mm -hmm. Like, what is happening? And he needs to find himself and figure out what what what, what good means, means to him. To oh man, so good. <laughs> <laughs> In part 2, the crew are out searching for Zeb, but they come up empty-handed. Meanwhile, Callus urges Zeb to repair his transponder, but in the distance they hear the roar of creatures roaming in the dark. Zeb manages to fix the transponder, adjusting its frequency for anyone to hear. When the heat lamp goes out, Zeb finds a warm meteorite emitting light and tosses it to Callus. The roaring continues. Callus says that the signal from the transponder won't be able to penetrate the ice, so Zeb attempts to climb up to the surface and fails. The noise attracts a massive beast. Zeb opens fire, taking shelter in the escape pod. Using his own bowl rifle, Callus blasts the animal away from Zeb, and together they drive it back into the shadows. While Zeb uses Callus's bowl rifle to stable his leg, the two exchange stories. The first of how Callus got the bowl rifle, and the second of Callus's deployment to Onderon, making it clear that they both have their reasons for distrusting each other. 
So they're searching for Zeb and they're coming up empty. Yeah, empty. And I like the fact, again, Ezra's the one to be like, oh, we need to do another no, sweep. And I like the clear difference because uh, between the Empire and the Rebels because they're they're searching. Whereas the Empire, you still haven't seen a trace of them. No. And, and I don't think that how they find him is a result of concern. You're actually correct, Mommy. In the trivia section of the episode guide, which I highly recommend you visit if you don't do it regularly, there is a section where it says that in the script, they had him being picked up by an independent ship, ship. some mm-hmm. random ship that picked up the signal. And that's how he was able to get back because the, the reason was that they couldn't spend resources Just, looking yeah, for someone. someone. Yeah, I read that and I, I almost cried again because the first time I saw this episode earlier in the day, I, I cried. <laughs> I was like, man, Callis, I know you've done a lot of messed up things, but at the he same time, he has redeeming qualities and you he's been humanized but then it, it's kind of, it's confusing at the same time because there are people in our own history who have committed those acts i mean i'm not saying hitler has redeemable qualities he 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 <laughs> don't, he didn't he's he did. like a turkin uh, who's turkin turkin what what's turkin <laughs> Hey, uh, turkin, th- turkin, tomato, no, for tomato. A second, for a second, I thought you meant like a turkin in our history. I was like, I don't know a turkin. Turkin. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, turkin. He is He's a turkin. He's a turkin. Whereas Callus isn't. He he definitely has qualities to him that... He's a Zuko. He's a Zuko, Zuko. of the Star Wars Rebel series. series. And yes. Zuko is a character from Avatar The Last Airbender who was bad. Awesome series. It's an awesome series. Who he was he was bad. He um actually it's funny because Zuko was all about finding honor. Yes. And this is the honorable, honorable ones. ones. So I kind of I kind of wish now that Callus had cried out honor. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I feel like he's a Zuko. He's done bad stuff, really bad stuff, but there's still qualities for him to do good. And yeah, we might not ever forgive him for those things, but he can, you know, slowly make up for or continue to go on a, a lighter path yeah. than where he was before. So yeah, so Zeb fixes the transponder, and I like that at this point they're not trying to kill each other because <laughs> it's not worth their time, it's not worth the effort. And they kind of see eye to eye in the fact that I need you and you need me. It's the only way we're going to survive. Because he knew how to get out, whereas Zeb didn't. Uh, even though, But then Zeb had the, the physical force to do so. And he didn't. And he didn't. Yeah. And then Callus is telling him that they constantly change people's minds to to join the, 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 the empire. empire. And, and then Zeb says, yeah, and then people are also fed up and, and they join us. us. <laughs> so as many as they join you and the others, they, they come through one door and exit through the other. <laughs> yeah. In essence, yeah. In essence, yeah. Oh, and then once that thing goes out, Zeb sees a little meteorite and it glowing. And I thought that was very symbolic because they were in a very dark, cold, cold place. place. And, and that, you know, that's kind of the empire. Mm-hmm. And the little meteorite thingy is light. I forget who it was. It was, I was a Twitter user. He's also a Rebels chat listener. So I for, forgive me if I don't remember the name escaped me. But he, he had tweeted that it's very symbolic. You know, the fact that it, at the very end, you see the little callus puts it in his it's room. Wrong. And maybe that's hope. Maybe that's a way of, of saying there is something more for Callus that we don't know about. A, a lot of people do want him to stay as the bad guy, though. And I could see that because he's like the only non-Force user who is bad, quote-unquote. So, I don't know. I, I, I really like the whole Zuko character type. I always like the idea of somebody who has done wrong... To have a moment of redemption and change his life. Because think about it. Life. How how long do we live on this earth? 80 years? Maybe. Maybe we're lucky 90. You know? In that time, what do we accomplish? If it's not learning and experiences and amassing this, all this knowledge. 
So I'm always fascinated and attracted to the character that has the redeeming quality because it sort of like represents and symbolizes life. Mm. This is who we are. This is what we are. And this is we come, we, we're born, we, we learn, we make mistakes, we learn, we get better, and then we go away. Right. Because that's that opportunity to, to reflect life, to reflect who we are. Yeah, no, that's true. Also, I hope that meteorite wasn't radioactive. Oh my God! No, yes. <laughs> um, 11, the, the Twitter, the Twitter user uh, eleven thirty eight had mentioned that he's like jokes on Callus. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna shorten his life a lot. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. I was cracking up when I read that because it's so true. <laughs> and then Zeb says, "You're so quick to give up on hope because Calus is like, can we get out of here? How, how do we get out of here? And and he doesn't have any. He doesn't know what it feels like to have hope. I love that Zeb was the one to say that because Zeb is so." Someone who has hope. He's seen it. He now has hope because Lyrasan uh-huh. is there. And that's another thing. Do you think that Zeb, Zeb later on, I know I'm skipping ahead, but Zeb later on, he says that, that he's moved on from Lasan. But the fact that Lyrasan is there doesn't erase what happened to Lasan. No. What he wants to say is that he has let go. Because if you let the past and something bad that happened to you dominate the rest of your life, you're never going to grow. You're never going to get out of there. You're going to be wasting the time you have because it's just going to hold you back. He, not necessarily because of the the new world, the, the world they found, but because he has to in order to grow. He has to in order to move. He has to let go of that hate, of that misery, of that sense of loneliness and, and pain. Mm. It's the only way that he can move on. Right. And I don't think the episode was trying to brush it off. I know some people were concerned about the whole genocide massacre thing. You 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 never you never brush off those things. You never cover them. But the truth is that for you to move on, for you to grow and and change, you need to let go of the things that hold you back, of the things that that hurt you, right. that keep you in pain. Right. And it's not let go as in forgetting. It's let go. Let go as, as in, in not letting them. It weigh you down. Down. Yeah. Not letting them dominate your future. Right. The thing is, you don't let it tear you down. You don't let it give you negative feelings and the ideas that are going to hold you. Right. And so, and I love that Zeb trying to climb up the thing <laughs> doesn't really pan out. I'm like, Zeb, how do you, how are you going to kill yourself? <laughs> yeah. How are you going to climb upside down? <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> And for a second, there was the when he started climbing up, you see Callus's weapon. Yes. And I thought, oh my God, Callus, don't you dare pick up that, that weapon. weapon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he didn't. He, he didn't. He only picked it up when that creature came in. You know, he, you can see him being torn between shooting. Who do I shoot? Who do I shoot? Meeny, meeny, my And honestly, if he had shot Zeb, then he would have been screwed. So yes. it's not necessarily a I'm doing this because I like you or because I, I've It's I've the right to like thing you, to, do, to do. But because this was going to save my Save him. It's going to save his life. So. I think mis- some people misunderstood that as well. So, you know, there are certain things th- at the very beginning of the episode where he's doing it for his own benefit, for him yes. to survive. And it's not until later that you see that he actually does things to save Zeb's life for Zeb's benefit, not for his own. And I like that the creature, this had to be Dave Filoni's doing. I, I have a feeling that <laughs> where the creature was called Banzoni, I, I think that's what it was called. And it was actually like scrambled uh, Zamboni, which is the, the thing that, 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 that cleans the, 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 the ice on the ice hockey yeah, field. Re, yeah, and he's a big hockey fan. So <laughs> I can see him and a few others having put that together. <laughs> And then there's the moment where both of them start shooting at the creature, and it's not. And there's like that music comes up and, and like uh, in support of them, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing! 
Because <laughs> it's a fun. I, I love this this plot device that's used where you put two two enemies together in one room and they have no choice but to use each other for survival. I love that because you you just see characters you you said different facets of the human of humanity of what we're capable of yeah you see and you don't know how they're able to grow from that if they do (laughs) if they do at all because sometimes they don't grow out of it but yes there is growth in that and i love that and then there's the there's the awesome moment where they share background stories and callus says that he doesn't know why the genosians are are dead and i like seb how seb turns that yeah, to his yeah. advantage and, and makes him think about it. Yeah, you know, like, really, if you don't know, why don't you ask? Right. Because a lot of the time, and this is something that comes up where you're a soldier and you're given an order. It's a morally questionable order. You follow through with it. When does that stop being an excuse? You know, how do you determine? At, at what when? point you say this is not right? Right, exactly. You know, when, when's the the limit? What's the limit for that person? So, what's Callus's limit? Is this where he hits the the point where maybe I should start asking questions? Should. And should people like that be forgiven? You know, you follow an order. And that's that. That's why in, in our real world, world there's. War tribunals where war prisoners are are, are judged for their actions. Mm. The truth is that if you are a soldier and you you have your orders and you're following your orders and your training is to obey your command to defend your country and you end up becoming a prisoner of war, they're, they're going to judge you from the other side, from the other point. And the same for the good. So so in a war, you have the so-called bad side and the good side. If the good side captures bad people, they're going to judge them as bad people. Right. If the so-called bad side captures some of the good people, they're going to judge them as bad people because to them, their side... Is the good, good side. side, yeah, and it's from where you are, right? So, and, and this crimes against humanity, humanity. yeah, it's not about about whether you did right or wrong. It's about whether the crime against humanity is really there, right? And then that's the case with a lot of the Imperials. Like, okay. This is something that hasn't been covered, and I, I would love for it to be covered and in depth. After the Death Star is taken down in Return of the Jedi, yeah, we have some Imperials who go off and, and start doing, you know, start becoming the First Order eventually 30 years down the road. What about the people who are captured? What what happens to them? The people who were in the Death Star, and this is Lost Stars again, there was a person in there who was the coolest person ever. And she ended up dying because she was part of this system that the rebels were rebelling against. But she didn't, she never killed anyone. You have innocent people, yes. technicians, engineers, people who are doing a job. What that's, happens that's to That's why them? they say war, war is ugly. War is ugly, man. And it I, doesn't like, matter which side you're on, whether you're the right side or the wrong side, it's ugly. And then I go back to that Rodian who was shooting at the Purgle. I'm like, he was doing something morally wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, he got his just rewards. But what about these people? Well, what happens to them? I don't know. They don't cover this. Everyone's like, oh, lightsabers, let's shoot and, and fight. And I'm like, no, I want to know what happens to these people. <laughs> you want to know too much. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, uh, we've established that. <laughs> yes, I, I think we have. <laughs> <laughs> so Callis talks about the bow rifle and how there is a Busan Kira. When they get defeated, they turn over their weapon. And I love that because, and I had to write it down because I I was eating and I was like, wait, I have to go write this down before I forget it. But I said, Callis's bow rifle says a lot about him. One would think it's a trophy, but now that we know that it's not, he's carrying a non-standard issued weapon. The weapon means something to him and he's kept it. I feel like that it 
itself says a lot about his character. Yes. Because it's not an issue it's not an issued weapon by the Empire. He's still carrying it because this warrior gave it to him. And again, it goes back a to what warrior, you said. A warrior he defeated, a that warrior was, that was dying and all he wanted to do before taking his, his last breath was honor the person who, who took his took life. life. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, that says a lot about him because if he had been this quote-unquote callous person, <laughs> pun intended, you think uh, he would have discarded it, it yeah. and he would have kept on going without looking back, yeah, without meant ever anything. thinking about it. But it meant something to him, so much so that he's actually using it on an everyday basis. And then Callus talks about the unit he was in, and he calls his the the other people boys. You know, like the my boys and I, we were you know down on Onderon, which is a planet that we saw in Star Wars: The Clone Wars season five. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, Onderon! And then he name drops Saw Guerrera, and I'm like, oh my god, he name dropped Saw. This is so amazing. And he was a rebel, and I don't know what he's up to now. It makes me curious what he up to but man when he told that story the rebels looked bad yes the rebels looked bad and i thought whoa because to the the good side the bad looks bad bad. but to the bad side the good good looks bad. bad and i thought because okay you bomb this unit but then you go and you in cold blood, kill these people? Whoever was alive. No one's left alive. Alive. And I thought, oh my gosh, that that's that's terrifying. And no wonder Callus is the way he is. Be- and why he thinks rebels are the, are the worst. horrible thing. And it, it had to be a lasa on top of it. <laughs> so, you know, you got to put yourself in both shoes and look at it that way because if you don't and there are certain things there's about it. no balance. There's no balance. There really isn't. Yeah. And yeah. that's why we need balance in the forest. <laughs> that's true, we do. And I love the exchange afterward where he says Zeb says you shouldn't judge old rebels the same. All sad. All sad the same. same. And Callus says, could you apply that to the Imperials? But Seb's answer is very smart. Yeah. Just the ones I I know. know. Yes. (laughs) Which goes to, you keep it to the ones you know. You don't apply your idea, your your feeling to all, uh, like a blanket. One size fits all. And and that's exactly what Seb was trying not to do when he told Callus only the ones I know. Oh, yeah. Because he was speaking towards him and to those who attack him and those who are trying to take away the ones he loves. Yeah. But who, unfortunately, it's going to be a lot of stormtroopers. But, but but it's not like he goes out there <laughs> and to kill it, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only when it's inflicted you upon him. You come to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to try to stop you from doing it to others. That was genius. That's awesome writing right there. Again, I mean, I know people had issues with it, but really, when you really look at it and you think about both sides and what's happening, yeah, that's deep stuff. In a kid's show where they you have pickles and peanuts coming <laughs> on and, and two more eggs, two, two more, more eggs. eggs. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is this? So you have, I mean, I'm sure little kids love that stuff. But honestly, like, you, you have the, that funny stuff that's on the surface. And then you have Rebels that's, like, deep. That really hits hardcore issues. Ah, oh, so good. And the fact that it wasn't nominated for an Annie Award, I'm so pissed. Because <laughs> this show deserves it all. So in part three, working together, Callus tells Zeb that he needs to climb the pillar in order to reach the surface. They begin their ascent, but are interrupted when the creatures return. Zeb, holding onto Callus with his feet, swings the Imperial, piercing Callus's bow rifle to the ice above. Zeb leaps onto the beasts and catches the ISB agent, tossing him up to the surface. Zeb follows. Callus aims Zeb's weapon at him, but shoots the creatures instead and offers Zeb a hand. They let her find a cave and wait for someone to arrive. 
The sound of a ship wakes them up, and they see the ghost descend to the ground. Before saying their goodbyes, however, the two enemies have a newfound respect for each other. Once Callus returns to the Empire, he has no joyous reunion like the one Zeb had. He retreats to his quarters with the meteorite and sits alone. <laughs> <laughs> that literally it made that's, me cry that's sad that's right? it's sad it's, it's sad. a sad moment so we get Zeb tossing everything he's just tossing everything up there because he doesn't want Callus to hold anything and shoot him in the back yeah. but Callus honestly is not gonna do that we saw that before he's not gonna shoot this guy in the back Zeb is not gonna take the chance and no exactly but he's still not gonna take the chance so he tosses everything and I love that he just takes one thing after the other and he just tosses it up plus there plus also he's not gonna be able to carry all that stuff that's true that's true and Callus at the same time and then you, won't, so, you, you don't want to risk it, it falling it, it, down. It works both ways. Yeah. You know, it works in the way that it's not going to be available for Kalos, but it also works in the way that it is efficient. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have Kalos climbing up to Zeb's back, and you're like, oh, man, this is amazing. <laughs> and I love the... And one little minor detail is when Zeb punctures the ice. Mm-hmm. You can really see... It looks like actual ice yes. being punctured. And then the creatures return, and Callus is like, Carabas, Carabas, what does that, that even mean? mean? <laughs> um, and, you know, sometimes you're like, what does Carabas mean, <laughs> man? It's, 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 it's a, a, a curse word. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And, and he tosses Callus. He's like swinging him. Not only is he swinging him, but he's swinging him with his broken leg. leg. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, you couldn't have used the other leg to have swing him with. He goes, hope this works. <laughs> and Callus is like, what works? <laughs> he has no clue what, that he's going to be tossed. Yeah. And then I love that at, the, at that point where Zeb finally gets up, you have Callus aiming his weapon at him and and you see the shock in Seb's eyes yeah. because he's like what you know after yeah. all this? this yeah some people thought him inconsistent but I thought man this really is Callus he's not going uh, he's an honorable despite the things he's done he has some honor see the the, the thing is that there's a lot of people that are unable to find balance on things. Oh, no. They either yeah. one extreme or the other. Or they fluctuate. So, and they think that this behavior from Callus is inconsistent. And it's not. It, it is a balanced behavior. It is the behavior of a person who works for the side that is not the good side because it's the empire is the group of people that are basically eradicating others out there and stopping free liberties from many planets however even though they work for this group they work under the notion that they are doing good because they're giving order to chaos exactly yeah so when you have a person that has honor that has some type of idea of what what is right, mm-hmm. but it is involved in the a the side in a very corrupt sy- system. Yeah, you will th- find this type of behavior. Yeah, and it's not that it's inconsistent. On the contrary, it's representative of the fact that they are a person of honor, a person of essence, that thinks, that has knowledge, that understands. Right. However, it's just on the side that is corrupt and it's not doing good. Right. Look at when we first saw him in Spark of Rebellion, he was hanging off uh, the bridge uh, after the rebels have left. Yeah. And there was that trooper, that yeah. stormtrooper that had survived. And he's like, oh, this must be the first time you've seen a Jedi, right? And then Callus ends up kicking him to his, and the guy died. That guy wasn't living up to the standards of the Empire. Yes. So, yes, he did bad things. But he he did them thinking he was doing right, right things. Right, exactly. He is a person of honor. Each on a different side of the fence. Each with their own sense of honor their and conduct code, uh, their own yeah. exactly but there are good people who do bad things, things and bad people, people who, who do, do good, good things. things 
and it's a very murky waters. Yes. And he's that gray character. Yeah. Uh, and then he and they end up getting out. He offers his hand. He he helps them up, and they go to this cave, and you know they are able to use a transponder to to send out their signal. And you know he basically says, "My name is Zeb." By the way. But the missed opportunity was finding out what Callus's first name is. <laughs> I thought, you know, if there's one negative thing about this episode, it's just that they we didn't get to find out what his first name was. Does he have one? I'm sure he does. I know. Uh, I, I, you're making assumptions. I know. Well, what is he? Share or something? Uh, he has a Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So his name is just Callus. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I don't think so. I feel like this guy has... And then this is something my, my friend and I created. We we like to create stories for characters that we don't know much about. So I feel like he came from a very poor place and built his way up there. So maybe he only could afford one name. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept it that way. <laughs> <laughs> You're too much. You can only afford one name. Hey. <laughs> um, or he could be like my friend said, Tony Stark says, isn't his first name Agent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no, I don't think Agent is Cass's first name. So I, I really wanted to know that and we sadly we didn't get it. I'm pretty sure he only has one name. <laughs> After all, he was poor and that's all he could afford. <laughs> And then we have where he they're sleeping on each other. <laughs> yes, I like that when they wake up and yeah. see each other. And Seb just not. Because one of the things is, you know, you're stuck on an icy planet. The body heat is the next best thing. So you want to cuddle. We didn't but get, we didn't we, get cuddling. No, we're not going to get cuddling with those two. But then we got something like that. Back to back. Back to back. <laughs> and then they start like elbowing each, each other. other. <laughs> And then there's the saying goodbye. We have the point where they depart. And I love that they did that hand gesture thing, uh, like a mutual respect. I understand you. You understand You know, me. I wonder, uh-huh. because here, Seb says, I promise we'll treat you right. But then he gives, he basically leaves it open and gives Callus the choice of staying behind. Right. I wonder if the Empire had come first. That's my Cal- question. We were on the same wavelength. If- oh. <laughs> That's great amazing. Minds, great minds, great Jonah. minds, man. If Callus had would have given him the same treatment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my question was, had the Empire come first, do you think Callus would have let Zeb, Zeb stay behind like Zeb let Callus stay behind? Because he could have turned him in. Or, But in your case, would he have given him the same treatment? Where, come, we'll, we'll give you, I promise we'll give you a, a fair trial. Yeah. Or, you know, stay and... Um, die if your friends don't I don't, don't know. Come I, here, I, I'm, know. I'm very curious now. I'm very curious. Had the Empire come first, would he have let him stay? Or would he have taken him into custody? I, I don't know. I I want to yeah. say... I, I, you know what, though? I, I want to say he would have taken him into custody. Yep. I think I, that's I think what would have so. happened. Because, again, he is someone of the Empire. He wants to do good for the Empire. Even if it makes him look like the bad guy. And and he's going to follow through with that. So yeah, I think he would have taken Zeb in. Yep. Since that didn't happen, you have him questioning what because uh, and, 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 because of the fact, fact that, that it Zeb was let Zeb him, who yeah. left let him go. Yeah, because he could have easily taken him too, mm-hmm. but Zeb didn't do that. Oh man, this episode and <laughs> and we get. Ezra, like, Zeb! I love that. He was so excited to see Zeb. That's his roommate. That's his roomie. And uh, and he starts freezing. He's like, you've only been... Two seconds. Two seconds. Two two seconds too long. long. (laughs) I love Ezra, man. And the ghost crew was just, like, so happy to see him. That's such a warm greeting. Whereas when Callus gets to... Nobody cares. He's like, hey, okay. And then Callus. Oh, you see, right. you see Constantine. Constantine didn't even look, look at, him. at him. He just kept on walking. Hey, Agent Callus. And then he goes into his room, and he again he puts a little thing on the little meteorite there, hoping it's not radioactive, and <laughs> or that it's actually an egg that catches oh, that creature. creature. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Can you imagine? You know, there's a like that person that tweeted said that it's a symbol of hope. Maybe there's a chance for Callus. Maybe maybe it's not so much that he completely turns, but is willing to forgive things here and there. Maybe even let slip some information that is sketchy that needs to be resolved, but can't be resolved through the means of the Empire. I don't know. So, fan questions. We have Katie who asks, Is it possible from the ending of the episode that Callus might consider defecting from the Empire, just like Minister Tua? If he would want to defect, is it possible when attempting to do so, will he be killed trying to, just like Tua, or could he actually join the rebels? And actually, other people who had, had asked a similar question, Mallory, my friend Mallory asked it. Um, and Rick Martinez, his kids actually listened to the show. And his kids, I wanted to g- give a shout out. Their names are Kayla and Bryce. Hey, Kayla and Bryce. Bryce. Uh, you guys rock for listening to our show. I'm so glad that kids also enjoy our, our fun talk and, and chats about rebels. So keep being awesome. Stay in school. And and they you know they were also curious is Callus going to join the rebels so well I don't think that he's gonna defect and I don't think that if he were to he would join the rebels I see him more as an inside yes that's what resource. I said yeah, yes what you said yeah because we do learn later on in New Hope and they have their sources within the Empire. So I'm pretty sure their sources are people like Callus who are, in essence, honorable people, good people who come to realize that the way the empire is going about doing the things that they believe will bring order to the galaxy are not the right way. Exactly. So they they have chosen to stay and fight from within. From within, yeah. And I see Callus doing that. What's pretty cool is that this episode had implications in showing that there was something to do with the Death Star there. What if we get the plans of the Death Star? Because Callus. Because of Callus. starts to question and finds out why the people in Genos, ge, what? What, Genosis. Genosis, yeah. What if there's a connection to Rogue One, the new movie that's coming out? What if he's in the movie? Oh my god, I'm gonna freak out! <laughs> How I, they better... don't, don't get excited, Gina. don't get excited. I'm, I'm just saying, if they make an actual like real life callus, I'm going to cry because uh, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Rex, but he is. <laughs> I am allowed to look at other guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, callus looks very. Nice and I oh man it would be cool to see him in Rogue One and have him be integral in the passing off of this information. It set the stage. That, that that's where I see Callus. Yeah, working I see within. Callus from the within. Yeah. And Melissa asked, "How do you guys feel about Callus's development in this episode? A lot of people feel it was inconsistent with his character. Do you agree, or do you feel like this is a tease?" to something more for his character arc in the future. I, I think that th- there's going to be definitely more for his character in the future. But uh, but I disagree that the way they presented his character in this episode was inconsistent. It is a- an almost perfect representation of the type of person that we've been describing. Somebody who believes in order, who believes in, in, in honor, who, who believes that they are in the side of good, that they that that bringing order, that that taking their own ideas and, and putting them out there and making others follow it will bring order and, and, and betterment to, to the universe and society and whatnot. I think another point where Callus is shown to be human and not necessarily this Tarkin-like character is in the episode where we first see Tarkin and they behead Oresco and Grint. His reaction to the... Was like... Like, what just happened? Exactly. 
And this should not have happened. Exactly. So I, I had to write down a little list of things, of bad things he's done. So it was him kicking the trooper, fighting Zeb, and saying that he took credit for the destruction of Lasan, killing Tua, Maketh Tua. But for Maketh Tua, she was a means to an end. She wasn't doing her job correctly. She wasn't putting enough resources into the mix. And she was the type of character, a flaky character, to seek out the rebels. And his objective is to get the rebels for the betterment, for the Empire. So she she unfortunately was a means to an end. And obviously he took satisfaction in it because he was one step close to getting the rebels. And she had consorted with them. That right now, right, right and there. And that right is, there is not... Tre- uh, treason. Exactly. So that's, uh, he has to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And he needed to make it a setup so that he can capture the rebels and frame them. For, for their transgressions against the Empire. And the other thing he did was poisoning Tarkin Town. So again, these people were means to an end. Unfortunately, they needed to be dealt with. They were people who were rebel sympathizers. There's, yes. And he needed to get the rebels. And in order to do that, he had to poison the food supply. So, so those are bad things. But he was doing it again. I I can't stress this enough. He was doing it for the Empire and he thought those were good things, even though people were being harmed in the process. It's, it's again, murky it's, waters. It's, 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 it's difficult when you think that the people you're hurting are bad people mm. because they're against your beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very easy to hurt them. Yeah. Because to you, they, they don't believe on the same things you believe. And therefore, they're doing bad things. So it is the way in which our mind works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have to have a reason for the things we do. They're insignificant reasons that we don't think about because they're so automatic on our behavior. But there's a reason. So to him, these are bad people. And that they're not following rules. Right. And they have to be dealt with. So... Is he right? From his no. point of view, he is the yeah. good guy. <laughs> right. He is the good guy. Yeah, he is the the epitome of doing good for the Empire. And Elisa asks, do you feel this episode was setting up Callus to eventually become a rebel or hinting that other Imperials could do so? The first question we had already addressed, but the, in terms of the second question for other Imperials, there there are other ways out and deserting is one of them. We saw Thane Kyrell in Lost Stars who deserted after seeing those people being enslaved. And I, I'd love to see other characters. I, this is the thing about Rebels. There's, uh, there's so much ground to cover and so much story to flesh out that it's hard to... like. I- it's hard. I wish this show was an hour long <laughs> because I, I'd wish to see more Imperials and see it more from the Imperial side again. But it's called Star Wars Rebels is focusing on the Rebels more. But I want a Star Wars Imperials show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Matt K asks, what characters from the Star Wars universe that haven't appeared yet would you like to see guests in Rebels? I'd love to see some bounty hunters like Embo, Dengar, and Bosk mix it up with Ketsu and Sabine. I don't know what's a character. You haven't seen too much of Star Wars The Clone Wars. No. To, to know what character. I know Saul. I know. I need to watch it. <laughs> so there there are characters I'd love to see. I'd love to... Honestly, I'd love to see Boba Fett. I know everyone's like, enough with Boba Fett. Because he's like this this character that came out of nothing and, and whatnot. But I, my best friend loves him. I, I think he's cool. I, I love Daniel Logan. I, it'd be cool for him to come back and voice this character. So I, I'd love to see Boba Fett. Um, I'd love to see Cad Bane and Aura Singh, who are also bounty hunters. We haven't seen that many. I, I don't think we've seen any bounty hunters. hunters. Except for um, oh, Ketsu Onyo. Yeah, Ketsu Onyo. So I, I honestly, I would love to see these, these bounty hunters come back. But at the same time, they need to serve a purpose. And I don't want them to just to show up because they're Clone Wars favorites. So, so here's hoping they find a way to fit them in somehow. And Sal, Sal asked, this episode was about Zeb and his enemy being stranded. If every ghost crew member was in this situation, who would they be stranded with? Okay, enemy. Okay, so it had to be Hera and Baron Valen Rudor, the the Tie Fighter pilot from like the first, first season. season. The the the, the guy on a, on a firefight. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Debbie firefighting Fighting. and they get stranded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I got excited there. And Kanan. Um, Kanan with... Oh! With the seventh sister. Ooh. <laughs> because... Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. Jr. Can you imagine that episode? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I want that. And Ezra with Rudor again, though the pilot, because the first of one of the first things we saw was him stealing his uh, Tie Fighter pilot, pilot. Uh, uh-huh. helmet. Yes. And uh, so yeah, it'd be funny for them for them to be stranded because <laughs> I can see him being you know all you know annoyed with him. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Sabine, Sabine, it'd have to be like another Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I guess Fen Rao, maybe? But then Somebody he's not really from that. one of the opposite clans. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I can see that. And then Chopper <laughs> with the world, with the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> the whole with galaxy, the galaxy is his enemy. <laughs> Chopper with uh, R2-D2. Or <laughs> no, R2-D2 is not his enemy. Oh, I don't know, Ma. Chopper doesn't like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and who else? Um, we we mentioned. I think we got everyone. Yeah. Oh, I guess Rex. Rex with we know uh, Ahsoka. Oh yeah, Vader. Vader. Oh wow. Uh, that that's that's <laughs> like a a given. Yeah. If anything, I could see Ahsoka and Rex with Vader. Vader. Yeah. Uh, and that's that for questions. Thank you, everyone, for submitting your questions. We really enjoy answering them. And so that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat when we'll discuss the episode Shroud of Darkness. In the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat on Twitter. Also, if you can, uh, go vote for Galactic Fashion in the Star Wars Podcast Awards. It was nominated for editing and production. So here's hoping Rebels Chat appears in the categories that haven't been revealed yet. So they'll be revealed in the next couple of days. Oh my God. God. It it, it will be an honor just to be nominated. Right? (laughs) Just to be nominated. And may the Force be with you. Always. Always.